0: Join me here. Everyone needs a soft shoulder. So when I say gossip, what I mean by that is not talking shit about someone. That's a form of gossip. That's maybe a popular way people gossip, saying crappy things and judgy things about someone, But what I'm talking about today is uh, I'm definitely playing with and stretching this concept about gossiping about yourself, but it's really just talking about someone from a distance, you know, the distance of like talking behind their back. (laughs) But it's really just enough distance so that you're talking about someone, you're looking at them and you're talking about their story, right? Which, you know, that's a whole other topic. That's like, you know, it's like a cultural thing and like a kind of a shitty thing to do. <laughs> and it's also like a way that, you know, can be playful and connecting. It's also a way where we're, you know, our attention is out on someone else's life. It's not minding our own business, right? So that's a whole aside. But really, the the reason why I want you to imagine gossiping about yourself is because I've been inspired by uh, a book called Chatter. This is written by Ethan Cross. And it was all about chatter, inner chatter, how we talk to ourselves. So of course, I was fascinated. And it was so interesting to me. So one of the the point that inspired this episode today was this idea that of like how we can change the point of view in our chatter to distance ourselves from ourselves just enough so that it's kind of like we're talking about ourselves not within ourselves if that makes sense I will give examples I will I know you're shocked Jeanette's going to give a whole bunch of examples (laughs) yes I am welcome so first of all we all talk to ourselves we all have an inner chatter this is like you know this right I remember talking to a, a friend's daughter years ago and she was like you know, my dad talks to himself and she was like, you know, talking about it as though it was something weird and and, uh, something to make fun of or be ashamed of. Um, She hadn't seen it. I guess he was doing it and maybe kind of out loud half, halfway in their home and she caught him and she thought it was strange because most of us just do it without, with a total poker face. Like, we're smiling and we're at work but then inside we're like saying all kinds of stuff (laughs) and we're not letting it show through our face right we're pretty good at this although sometimes when we're alone you know we might like feel free enough to like wander and she had witnessed this in her dad and I remember that she was kind of shocked when I was like oh yeah we all do that don't you do that like (laughs) And she was like, oh, like she totally thought I was going to agree and like gang up on her dad with her. But that didn't happen because we all do this. We all have an inner voice. And, you know, obviously, one of the reasons why I'm so interested in this is because our relationship with ourselves plays out in our chatter, right? Like any relationship, how are you communicating with that person? What are the conversations like? Do you feel good talking to that person? Do you speak to that person kindly, respectfully, compassionately? Do you say words of encouragement to that person or are you always nagging and insulting and criticizing and breaking them down? And to be clear, we all do this. I do this. Okay. So, you know, this is like, oh, if we want to look at our relationship with ourselves, if we want to make some positive changes and create new habits in how we relate to ourselves, then looking at how this chatter, this inner self-talk, is like a really powerful place to start. Right. First of all, just noticing it, you know, um, like like that little girl years ago. You know, she didn't. She was talking to herself all the time. Didn't realize it. You know. Um, There's that little voice in the head going on. It was like if and then once you hear it, you're like, oh, wow, (laughs) it just keeps going. Maybe, you know, you started a meditation practice and we're like, oh, my God, (laughs) I've started listening for the first time. And I cannot believe how my brain just it does not shut up. You know, I'm always in there chatting. Um, So here's what really excited me about what ethan cross wrote about in chatter because you know how do you navigate the the tone the way in which you talk to yourself because if you you could talk to yourself um so cruelly that you end up creating so many more problems right so it's not that like chatter is not good or bad in itself but it's like how do you know when you're being really harsh and when you're causing damage how do you pull yourself in and out and what he found was that, you know, talking about our pain can be really helpful, right? Some people don't want to talk about it. It can be really helpful if you've had a painful experience to get it out, right? To uh, to tell a friend, to tell a therapist, to express what happened up to a point and then it's like it's 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 good until it's not. And there's a tipping point where then it becomes rumination, where we're obsessing over the story, where we can't let it go, where we're going to need a lot of help to like unwind that, where it's actually making us feel worse longer than if we hadn't talked about it at all. And I think, you know, we probably all – you know, we're the ones who know the tipping point, right? No one can tell us, we'll talk about this trauma for five minutes and then <laughs> then that's enough. Like, we have to just sort of sense this. It's just a good thing to be mindful of. But one of the things that really helped was because when we're in the story, it's like, you know, the tr- the voice that's in there is like the truth, right? Life sucks, you know, I'm you know everyone's out to get me I don't know why I can't seem to get anything done it's like you have one narrator in there and it's like just occupying all the space there's no room to like get some perspective to to lean back and take a look but what if you change the point of view of that voice what if that voice isn't the first person what if that story is being told by a narrator What if you spoke about yourself? I know, stay with me. I know this, you're going to, you can imagine how humorous this could be. But what if you spoke about yourself in the third person? (laughs) You know, you might not want to do this at parties all the time, you know, very sparingly. It can be a strange thing. Um, But it's different when you distance yourself, right? Because then you're not stuck in the pain you're not ruminating, you're sort of just, just separate enough. This is why like any kind of work you've done around the inner critic, like writing down, journaling, huge lifelong practicer I, and fan of journaling, right? When we get things out, even the really icky stuff, and I would say especially that stuff, we can take a look at it and it's separate from us. I think that's what's so cool. Not everybody is a writer. I, I mean, or or that's, do I mean by that I don't mean writer capital W I mean that's you know some people that like writing just feels like the best way to process this right that's not gonna be everybody's uh, situation but for me writing and then seeing it's like oh that inner voice is now on a piece of paper on this table I can take it in my hand I can hold it up I can crumple it I can throw it out I can look at the words and I can observe the words and be like wow This is what's going on inside me. Like there's just enough distance for you to notice it. Because the danger with, and I should say the power of that voice is that unless we're distancing just enough to see it, unless we notice it, we think it's the truth. We think it's quote unquote reality. We don't even know there's a voice. And so we are emotionally held hostage by this horrible, judgy Storyteller, which is us, <laughs> right? And that creates, I mean, if I walk around with the thought like, um, I'm not enough or I'm a failure, if that's the story, then if I don't know that that's a voice and I don't know that that's just something that I'm telling myself and that there are other options, if I don't know how that thought is impacting my feelings and then my actions, <laughs> um, well, I won't change it because I don't even know that it's there to change. I don't even know that it's a problem. I think the problem is the fact that I don't belong. Like, that's it, that's the truth, right? So just a tiny bit of awareness. I remember in that, uh, there was the book, oh, I can't remember the author, it was called Taming Your Gremlin. This is one of the very earlier books that I read when I first became a coach about that inner voice. Um, Some people would call it a gremlin, your gremlins, and you uh, you could draw them and you could identify the voices and i remember the message there was lots of fun stuff in that book the main message was that 99% of this work is just noticing when they're talking because once you notice it you diffuse it it stops becoming the truth right you're like oh there's that gremlin so there's distance it's not oh here's the truth i suck <laughs> right big difference big difference right this is invisible right when we're when we can't pinpoint it and it's fun the gremlin thing was fun because you know it was like uh let's say that your gremlin your particularly loud inner critic was this um you know perfectionist yoga teacher (laughs) right you could kind of make a little weird monster character out of it where it's just like you know It's just it's always got a smoothie and it's always like telling you you're not spiritual enough. But it's like it's being kind of an asshole. Like it's not really upholding the practices of like love and peace and, you know, inhale, exhale. It's like being a total jerk, you know, but dressed up in this righteousness and this purity, blah, blah, blah. Right. So you can see how you can get kind of confused when you don't separate it. And sometimes making fun of it, being playful with it is just such a helpful tool for us to notice. So speaking of playful, helpful tools, um, when I read Ethan Cross's talking about, um, talking about yourself in the third person, I thought, well, this is interesting. Because immediately, you're separate, right? It's not I, it's not the world. It's, oh, this This human, Danette. And immediately, even when I just say it out, even when I say it out loud right now, it feels different when you're talking about yourself that way. Naming the name. It's like, oh, where is she? Like, I I start (laughs) looking around for her. There's this woman named Danette. I'm in my mind. It's like either like a cinematic moment where I can picture myself, you know, in a film and the camera's like way up in the ceiling. Here I am. I'm standing in front of this microphone. Um... I've got a coffee nearby, um, whatever, right? Like this is what the room looks like. As opposed to just being like in that space behind my eyes, only looking out, thinking that my thoughts are the right thoughts, (laughs) they're the true thoughts. Very, very different place to begin from, right? And sometimes, even though I am able to access because of years of practice, speaking to myself very fluidly with compassion... Um, I can say like, Hey, like, you know, I could just, I can change that, that narrative and just speak to myself in a loving way. But I know that that's not so accessible when you're first getting started with it. If you haven't practiced it, if it feels a little strange, um, and it's hard to catch frankly. So I'm, was wondering, I was like, and sometimes I struggle with it still, right? Sometimes I don't, I don't catch it right away. I don't switch it right away. And I thought, what if I made a practice a little experiment. And anytime I was talking to myself or having some thoughts about a problem, as soon as I was able to notice, switch to third person. So instead of, you know, if I'm walking, if I'm ruminating about a problem that I have, and I'm walking down the street being like, oh, what am I going to do? This sucks. I can't do anything right. What if I notice that? And then go, oh, hang on, zoom out and be like, What's going on for Danette right now? Let's gossip about Danette right now. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, well, Danette's having a rough day. That's how it started the first time I did it. I was like, well, Danette's having a really rough time. She's being really hard on herself. It's like, it's really hard to watch. And I immediately was able to access this compassionate viewer, right? Like if Danette is the main character in the movie, I'm rooting for her obviously you know so um and it felt so silly and then i noticed i kept going as i was walking i was like narrating the situation and then i slipped back into first like oh this is so stupid you know uh, whatever i should i should be able to do this by now i should be able to speak to myself kindly it like it slipped back in and then i go oh wow like she's really Danette's really struggling to zoom out There's something that's really got a hold of her. There's something really important going on for her right now. And she's not sure how to handle it. She's having a hard time accessing her tools. Right. So you see how me zooming out allowed me access to a different truth that is also true. That is, I would say, more true (laughs) than the thoughts I was having. Right. And I thought about any times where like maybe you have a friend who you love so much. You believe in them wholeheartedly, and they're a human being, so they have their ups and downs, and they're hard on themselves, just like you're hard on yourself. But for you, it's easy. It's easy to look at your friend, and um, uh, you know, just see all. Like you know, you have complete faith in this person. You know that she's talented. You know that her heart is so kind and so big. You know that she's been through a lot and she's come through a lot and she's so strong and resilient. You know that she's funny. You know that she's been through worse, frankly, and she'll get over this too. And you don't begrudge her feeling scared. You don't begrudge her feeling, you know, being hard on herself because you also know that she's a human being. So if someone asked you, hey, how's your friend doing? And you were a good friend. (laughs) not a shitty friend gossiping and giving advice behind her back, right? If you were like a really good loving friend and you were speaking honestly, you would say something like, "Oh, um Anna, oh god, yeah, Anna, I love her so much. She's going through a really hard time right now. You know, it's like she's so talented and she's hit a real snag in this project that she's on and it's it's so important to her. Um she's, she's so frustrated and she's, she's kind of lost sight of, uh, how amazing it is, but I can see how amazing it is. And I, I know she's going to pull through and she's got to go through what she's going to go through, but, uh, and I'm going to be here for it, but I can't wait because I know that when Anna goes through a rough time, when she rises from the ashes at the end of this, like, it's always so fun to watch. Like she's a firecracker. It's great. You know, You're able to express your faith in this person and your understanding for this person, your compassion, you know, and also like what's hard to witness. It's hard to witness when one of your friends is really hard on themselves because you love them so much. It's like, hey, don't talk to my friend like that. (laughs) Right. And so that is how that is a beautiful model of how you can learn to befriend yourself. Right. If self-love feels like a really tall order, you can be friendly with yourself. You can be kind to yourself, have a little faith in yourself. And if you can access that, that's why I think a lot of times it's so helpful to use our imagination to think about a dog we love, a child we love, someone that we love unconditionally to help access our ability to love that way and imagine and then look at ourselves through that lens, right? So. How about playing with this for a little bit, right? Just telling a little story. You can just do this as a practice like I did. I was like, I'm going to do this for a week very deliberately. I'm going to just constantly be shifting my inner dialogue into gossiping so kindly about myself in the third person. I The, the results of I'd be curious to hear what happens for you. I was amazed at how quick it helped me snap out of it. Like, <laughs> no, I'm not doing a share impression. But like, it was so helpful. And the more I frequently I did it, the more frequently I noticed. Like, getting started is the hardest part. So just whenever you can remember, whenever it occurs to you, and even if you're not sure if you're thinking bad thoughts, you probably are. <laughs> so just whenever you remember, and you could even, like, make it funny, right? Like, we've all seen, like, movies and sitcoms where people... Talk about themselves in the third person at the part like, like, oh, like two people at an hors d'oeuvre table. And it's just like, uh, oh, hey, Steve, how's it going? And Steve's like, oh, Steve's great. Steve's eating shrimp. Steve's never been to a better party. Like, have fun with it. If that's if that's your way in is to use some humor, go for it. What's the harm? The harm. There's no harm. (laughs) You're having a good time. You're making yourself laugh. Another reason to adore the silly person that you are right so whenever you think about it just add it in um if you prefer something a little bit more um scheduled <laughs> let's say you can start every day or evening whichever one you prefer just like a daily little moment where you just take a minute to gossip about yourself just take a minute and be like you could wake up in the morning and be like danette's waking up Dinette." had some like really weird dreams last night. How's she feeling? Okay, Danette's feeling, you know, a little groggy, but like she's really excited about this client call that she has this afternoon. And she's like, oh, she's going to do groceries today. Whatever, right? Um, Or at the end of the night, you can narrate how the day went for that person, for you. Obviously, you're using your own name <laughs> as I'm using mine. So at the end of the day, you'd be like, wow, you know, Danette got through... A really like amazing day today there was like you know a bunch of you know I'm making it sound like every day is a struggle it's not it's like did I <laughs> had a great day today it was really hot out but she wore a sun hat and she went down to the park and she splashed around and she watched a, you know in the splash pad and she saw birds and she picked herself up like some flowers for a vase for her apartment and like wow like just you know it was such a beautiful day she just seems to really know how to live her life you know <laughs> like <laughs> whatever Okay, um, there'll be good days and bad days. You can speak kindly and gossip kindly about yourself, no matter what's happening, right? How did how did yourself handle a really difficult phone call? Um, what how how much did yourself enjoy the TV show that you binge watched that day, right? Like, oh, Danette had such a great time today binge watching this show. <laughs> She laughed so hard. It reminded her of this story that she was writing years ago that she never finished. Um, (laughs) She loves this character for these reasons. You know, this is this is what really excites Danette about crime thrillers or whatever. Right. So like you're getting to know yourself. You're speaking about yourself as someone who is admiring, who is compassionate, um, who's kind, uh, who's telling the story about someone that they respect and care about. And so just do this as an experiment. That's what I did. Um, I I don't respond well when I create rules of how to love myself perfectly. <laughs> That's something I've had to work on. So I was like, I'm just going to try this this week. Then it's just something I can access when I feel like it. I'm more likely to reach for these tools when I'm doing them in a f- sense of freedom. Um, so run a short experiment if that interests you. It's, it's really just fascinating. You know, this... You may have done this in other ways. We, we do this, um, so there's a lot of writing exercises where we're, you know, um, maybe you've done this where you, you write with your non-dominant hand from another part of yourself or from God or from the one of you who knows. Um, and you can go back and forth asking yourself questions, accessing different voices. This is just such an amazing thing to witness that how quickly when you switch perspectives, And you imagine that you're coming from a different point of view, even though it's all from you, you access more, more of the truth because you're getting more facets, more perspectives or more facets of this diamond, right? You're getting to see it from different angles. It's not just this two dimensional thing. There's not just one truth. And, um, you know, if you've ever seen the movie, um, Stranger Than Fiction with Will Ferrell, um, You can like imagine that you know that there's like the gossiper is like a narrator right like Emma imagine Emma Thompson's voice narrating your day what would that be like if Emma Thompson knew you well believed in you had humor about your preoccupations like oh there she is worrying she just started like making her oatmeal and her mind has already gone to like worry about things she can't control like but don't worry she'll come back like you know you can speak so kindly speak with love be a loving narrator be a kind gossip and see what this experiment yields for your relationship with you um I think that's everything I want to say about that yeah it is (laughs) Is that everything Danette wanted to say? I probably not. As soon as she turns off the mic, she'll think of four more things she wants to tell her amazing listeners. But you know what? The great news is there's lots of other episodes to be had. So thank you so much for tuning in and spending time listening here at the Soft Shoulder. Thank you so much to Alison Tarr who made all of this possible. AlisonTarr.com Thank you to Lee Rosefair for the music. And... I want to also add that um, there's a lot of changes going on behind the scenes over here. I've been talking about my book for quite some time. It has moved to a new phase of ending. (laughs) There's lots of phases to this ending, but we're getting very close. I'm looking at a fall, dare I, dare I say, I'm looking at a fall launch of, of Crash Bloom. I am so excited about it. And just, you know, it's just a one woman show over here. So I'm just getting things ready for stepping out for uh, the exposure, for the sharing and connecting that this book is asking of me and um, and that I am now, I'm so happy to say I am, I don't know if I'm ready for it because I don't even know what's going to happen, but <laughs> my capacity, my healing from the brain injury over the past five years and from the pandemic and lots of other things, um, I'm feeling more capable. My bandwidth is coming back very gently, but surely like even just thinking about releasing a book and talking to people and, you know, maybe having a party and, um, all, all the things that in- involved in releasing a book into the world. These were just not possible before, like, you know, going grocery shopping and doing anything else the same day wasn't a possibility at one point, you know, um, reading two things in a row wasn't something I had the capacity for. So this, I'm just, you know, I'm so grateful and I'm so grateful for you being here. Um, uh, if you're new, um, I'm so excited that you're here. Stick around. And also there's, there's lots of back episodes if you like what you're hearing. And for those of you who have been with me this whole time, I'm just so grateful because, you know, this podcast was created just shortly after the brain injury, because I couldn't read and write very well. But I could, I could speak. And, um, and, and that's what Allison Tar did. She helped me bring this whole thing into being at a, at a really at a time where I really couldn't do much and didn't even know what I couldn't do. <laughs> um, so it's amazing that it's been five years of the soft shoulder that it's been five years of healing. And that uh, I feel very grateful to acknowledge the different place that I'm in and all that I've learned about self-love along the way. I don't wish any of you a brain injury and (laughs) I don't recommend it, but I'm very, I'm just so grateful for all that it has taught me and how it has absolutely improved and helped um, my coaching, frankly. Like what I've been, not just the injury itself, all of the other things that happened socially and personally around grappling with that, Um, and my relationship with myself, it really took me to such depths. And, um, and yeah, I'm just uh, really grateful to be able to do the work I do. And I'm really grateful for you being here with me. And I'm excited. I'm always excited about imagining the world with more people in it who are kinder to themselves. Because I know that when we're kinder to ourselves, we're so much kinder to other people. And that's not why we're kind to ourselves. Like we are also people who deserve kindness. Um, But it's like anything that's like less suffering, more pleasure, less harm causing, more helping, um, more connecting from like a place that's real and authentic. To be free and feel safe to express ourselves more and more always gives permission to other people who are looking to your children, your nieces, nephews, your co-workers, your friends. We're like, wow, you know, just like love how this this person just speaks so kindly to themselves. It's refreshing. It really is a gift to you and it ripples out. Self-love ripples out, but we start on the inside you are someone worth loving. It all starts with you. Take good care of yourselves, dear listeners. We will talk again soon.